Welcome to the Autonomous Vehicle Daily Tech Podcast. My name is Hassan Akram. I am the host of the Autonomous Vehicle Safety and Security Podcast. This is my second podcast, and in this podcast, we will be broadcasting focused discussion on technical subject matter. Enjoy the podcast, and thank you so much for listening. Hussain, you talked about your red teaming uh, services mm-hmm. that you offer to people. So I, I want to know a little bit about, you know, what are, what is the spectrum? Do you start from social engineering? Do you go all the way to as sophisticated as a nation nation mm-hmm. state operation? Tell us a little, little bit about that. Yeah, we actually we we have the ability to cover the whole, yeah, from A to Z. So. I mean, the question about nation state, it's, it's a matter of time and investment and money, etc. But so what we can tell the customer, hey, if, if we had much, much more time, to, time than this, we would probably be able to do this and this and that. Uh, normally, we have a discussion with the customer just to see, okay, what kind of systems do you have? What kind of procedures do you have? How do you perform your actions? And then we can make our adjustments from that. But the, the, we always start with if it is allowed during the the the, the operation or the, the assignment, we always start with a social engineering course, uh, trying to physically breach into the environment. Why uh, social engineering at first? Is it the... It's, it's, I want to hear your opinion. Why social engineering first? The users are... Or let me rephrase it. There, there, there is always a user who can access the system, right? So systems are not going by themselves. Oh. There is always an admin. There is always a user in the system. So if you can trick people to give you access, one way or the other, then you will get get your first foothold. Once you got that, you don't need the user anymore. <laughs> so just one step, one step in that direction, like any kind of thing that we can get hold of using that user. Like sending them an email and say, hey, we are, actually we've been using the GDPR as a reason. It's a, one of our recent social engineering tricks. So we call somebody, hey, we are from company this and that, and we are conducting a GDPR uh, investigation. This is a very high profile case and then we have a bunch of questions and a bunch of actions we need to go through. And people are more than willing to answer those questions and perform the actions. Uh, we have a success rate of way above 90%. In your social engineering mm-hmm. scenario. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So, so we do a lot of careful like, reconnaissance about what's going on with what kind of company, what kind of people there are. Social networks are very useful, like LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, uh, forum sites, etc. So we do a lot of investment and like maybe spend one or two or three weeks and looking at what do people of that company, what do they have for like questions? How do they work? How many are working with this and that system? So just register a new LinkedIn account and then claim to be an employer of that company and start asking questions. Oh, I'm just, I started my employment last week. Can you help out? People are very nice and easy. And they just, oh, we feel sorry about you. Sure, we should help you. <laughs> oh, you can do this thing that, like that way. You can do this thing that, that, that way, etc. So you will start getting more and more information. And then soon you start communicating with somebody. And after a while, you will like get more or less trusted 
as being actually an employer of that organization. So they will go ahead and start telling other things that probably not tell you at the first encounter. Uh, spear phishing is obviously another way. So um, sending emails that says something about, hey, we are testing another new system and you have been chosen to evaluate that system and you need these instructions. If somebody, something looks weird, please call us at this number. And many times we do back up the spear phishing email with a call where we actually, uh, if you look at, your, at the display on your phone, you will see that it's your company's phone number that is appearing. That gives us a little bit more of legitimate type of, okay, these guys are probably my colleagues. They are calling, otherwise the company number will not be there. So what, all we're using is, is uh, caller ID spoofing. Mm. Nothing fancy, it works all over, everywhere in the world. Mm. People aren't aware of these facts. So you get a call, it's like the, the, the company number or something like that. Of course, you will not question that thing. Mm at least not for regular people. Um, so we use that that vector a lot. Uh, sometimes it works very well, sometimes it works in like limited time frame. So we have a lot of uh, uh, occasions where we actually managed to get somebody running our code on their computers, but they like got something some bad feeling about it and then they called the IT department just to double check or they wanted to double check and then figured out, hey, that wasn't really the, the right thing. But it's, it's good enough for us if you just execute the code for five minutes. Uh, normally we will approach different people, different departments, maybe different parts of the world if that's a, an international company. So we do the first attack or the first um, uh, spear phishing on, on one part of the company and then we collect some information. We now have more information about what's going on internally. So the next attack or the next try, we will use that information we collected first to dig for other parts of it. So we can do that like repeatedly three, four, five different times and every time we're getting more information based on whatever we got in the, the first step. Until we reach our somewhere we can actually establish a foothold without being kicked out or discovered. So that would be the ultimate goal. It's, it's, it's both testing that, that exposure, testing that channel, uh, putting together the metrics. How, how difficult was it? <laughs> Did we ever get any, any positive response? Did we get any foothold? Could we execute anything on that machine? When we were on that machine, were we like local admin or just a regular user? Could we eventually do something else in that scenario? So all of these are metrics we're going to use into building that table and telling, hey, you have very low sophistication levels required to make your users reveal information about your internal systems. So it doesn't take that much of investment to to use that exposure. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's why the social engineering is always interesting. Uh, physical intrusion is always interesting as well. <laughs> of course, you, you need to have your get out of the jail card with you when you yeah. do physical intrusions. Um, so it's a matter of, once again, playing with the human nature. It's like approaching somebody, hey, either I'm busy talking on the phone, having my other hand like my suitcase or something like that and then just 
tailgating somebody through the, the doors or uh, the man trap or whatever they might, they might have, right? So a lot of people will not start like pushing for a conflict. <laughs> okay, that poor guy, yeah, well, he's quite busy and he's talking to somebody, it looks sweaty and okay, let's just make it easy for him. That's, that's the classic human nature, right? Um, so we try to use that quite a lot. Um, just to get into the environment without being questioned or asked too many questions or something like that. So you might use like that small office. You don't go to the main office or the headquarters. The first thing you can do, you, know, you will target the small R&D office somewhere and then the university campus. <laughs> You probably don't have that guard. You probably don't have armed guards at that entrance. It's just a university campus. It's fairly abnormal if they have armed guards at, the, at that office. It just knock the door. Uh, we obviously try to understand what kind of badge system they are using. At least it will look similar. Uh, so we print our own badges, mimicking the badges they have. So the, the type of whatever logotypes or the picture of a person or the naming, etc. So we try really to convince the, the other part that, hey, we, we do belong to this the same way you do belong to this. So just knocking the door and then stepping in and everything looks fine. Of course, if we were targeting the headquarters or the, the, the main office, there will be somebody questioning and asking, why are you not using your badge? Uh, why are you not using your, your card to like, enter the building or something like that so but and on, on a smaller office you could just put whatever type of claims you would like to and then nobody will almost ask anything about that so getting physical access and in those cases we manage to get physical access we will implant a device in that network so just to have it like a tiny device raspberry pi or something like that tiny enough not to be questioned by, by people in most of the cases it will be like just uh, underneath a table or something like that or just behind the computer and then we connect the computer through that device so we will have like once we've planted a device we will have a time to monitor what's going on with that computer and that network so we will mimic the attacker's behavior like sitting there just listening and learning what's going on and then we take it off from there and start behaving similar ways and just try to dig our way through their network defenses if there are any or just if we observe that there are not much of defenses then we will we will start like going probably a little bit faster so yes the the people behind the systems the people controlling the systems uh if you can get them to do whatever you, your intentions are then you don't need to break into the it systems as such you don't need to find a vulnerability if you can tell somebody hey please download and update use that software to do something so like looking at the car uh, there is an entertainment system what if i can tell somebody hey please download my application because you really need it or this is a legit update to something and they install that one on the entertainment system which happens to be interconnected with the other systems because there is probably just one internet connection or one connection to the backend system right Absolutely. so what if we could jump between 
the two systems and start, or at least start studying what's possible, what type of exposure do we have to the other systems and see where we can go from there. Uh, many years ago, there was an operation called Eurograver. Uh, it was targeting banks in, here in Germany, in the Netherlands, and across Western Europe. So what they did actually, they pushed out using social engineering, they convinced people, hey, this is an update to your one-time password authentication system, which your bank is using. So people convinced about that, they did install that update, which actually it's not replacing the one-time password authentication system, but it was plugging into that one. So it was processing information in front of it. So when the user started typing in their one-time password, the first one went to the attacker system and got cached and then automatically got used. And then user was presented with an error message that they had to type in the next code. So they got access to their banking system, but the attacker could do a number of transactions using the first code. Uh. <laughs> they went away with, I guess it was 32 million euros or something like that, uh. from that just doing microtransactions on every account. Uh. So what if that is possible on... On vehicles. The entertainment system, the thing you see in your dashboard, right? Well, your credit card information will be embedded to it mm -hmm. because the car is not becoming, it's not only a car anymore, it's becoming probably your mobile office, mobile yeah. living room. Your mobile your phone is connected to it, probably. Connected to it. You're sharing information with your car. <laughs> right, right. right? Right. I mean, when it comes to fully autonomous vehicle, then it's not only your mobile phone, you'll be probably working mm -hmm. or, or being entertained, watching Netflix or mm -hmm. having mm -hmm. teleconferences, mm -hmm. many other things. You will be subscribing to services, exactly. lo localized services. Mm -hmm. So that could happen.